Good day, everyone, and welcome to Indie Mixtape. My name is Ty, and joining me is a very special guest. Uh, we have Alice Winter, who is a senior game designer at Nereal and Devolver Digital, and who has previously worked on Fable and with Salix Games. Hi, Alice, how are you? Hey, I'm good, I'm good. How you doing? Good, chilling. you know, enjoying, enjoying October for all of its uh, scary goodness. I think it's my favorite month just for that that reason. Yeah, you've been playing like a horror game every day or something, right? I've been I've been trying to. There are a couple of days where I couldn't personally do it, so I had like someone else do it and I would I would watch them, but yeah, generally I'm trying to kind of engage with a horror game every day this month is like a spooky challenge. It's been super fun so far. Yeah, I've seen your thread and it seems very fun. I've been trying to watch like more of the classic horror films that like I've missed. So I've seen like the Friday the 13th, the first two of those. Mm -hmm. And then this past weekend I saw the original Hellraiser and then the original Halloween from John Carpenter. And I was like, mm. all right. I mean, I get it. I think Hellraiser was not what I was expecting. <laughs> that was an interesting film. <laughs> I kind of want to read the book now, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun month. Yeah, are you gonna watch the new the new Halloween movie? Uh, yeah, I want to see the one that like the, there was like another recentish one, right? That came out like a couple of years ago. That's like a lead into this or something. Oh, maybe oh, I don't know. It's very confusing the whole Halloween uh <laughs> timeline with these new films, but I do want to see that, and I do want to see the new Hellraiser that just dropped too. Are you gonna see it? maybe maybe halloween i have like um the last the last horror movie i saw in the the cinema was nope which was like fantastic jordan peele it's is incredible nope is very good i don't know if it does it, do you think it counts as horror uh i mean i think it counts as horror if you count jaws as horror true yeah yeah because it has that kind of um stepford wivesy sort of like there's something weird going on you don't know what it is and so did uh get out as well right that was very sort of like stepford wivesy but i guess that was kind of more more horror vibe than the note maybe like a thriller maybe it's like a, a horror thriller yeah i think stepford wives is horror mostly just because it's a terrifying like premise <laughs> yeah. which it is enough for me i'm like if that idea is scary it counts um <laughs> But I think, like, because I feel like Nope is very much, like, echoing Jaws in a lot of ways. So I feel like if that, yeah. if, like, if, if you consider Jaws to be, like, a scary or horror movie, then Nope is, like, along that same line, I would say. Yeah, I don't think we've had a movie like that in a while. That kind of... Yeah. Or like, even, like, like, you know how Aliens, like, maybe not a horror movie? Like... But, like, it is. I feel like Nope is kind of also in that, where it's, like, yeah, it is an alien movie, but, like, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think Aliens was kind of, I think that was, I, I think that's definitely a horror movie. Definitely scarier than, than Nope, I think. Even watching it back now, like, I think it's, it's scary, but I, I, yeah, it has the same kind of like, like type of horrorness about it. Yeah, I think it's like more like body horror, I guess, and like 
maybe a little bit of like the horror, the fear of the unknown, like sublime mm. kind of stuff. Mm. I think it's a lighter hand horror. It's definitely not like I didn't think Nope was like scary, but I think it's like a horror movie. Um, but this isn't a dope podcast. It could be, but uh, that could <laughs> yeah, be a whole different like, thing. Went <laughs> um, but we both played a game called Winter um, from Communist Sister and Elliot, what is their last name? Elliot Harriman. And it was originally commissioned for Indiepocalypse number 15. So shout out to Indiepocalypse. Uh, they be publishing cool little games all the time. And this is also like not really a horror game, but it's like eerie and weird and there is a girl with a skull face so (laughs) i figure it counts yeah it's one of those things like you said like if the concept sounds scary that it's a horror it has a lot of kind of horror type imagery it gets kind of like almost surreal sort of unsettlingness yeah and it's i mean that's like kind of what it's about too is like about Mm -hmm the things that are in us or like about us that like we don't like or that unsettle us and Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah it's it's less like scary horror and more just like yeah think about it that's pretty fucked up (laughs) it definitely like had me it's super short but i was like the whole time i was engaging with it i i was like really immersed like i was kind of like in in there with it you know what i mean (laughs) Like, just reading through it. Yeah, I played it in, like, one sitting, and I definitely was just, like, very here for however, like, like it, it is pretty short, but I was honestly ready to go for as long as it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, I, I guess it felt very, like, it was kind of abstract because I think a lot of, um, the, the, a lot of it was kind of um, metaphorical, but it definitely had that. It was really emotive and it had that kind of like raw emotion in its in its fiction, in the in this in its story. Yeah, it's also very just like I think it's very honest about like something that most people are not publicly honest about, which like mm-hmm. this I think is talking specifically about like transness in a lot of ways, but I think it's also mm-hmm. just like I think everybody kind of has parts of themselves that they find like upsetting or that like don't fit into what they expect or think they should be and this is like very much staring that straight in the face and just like naming what it is for these two characters and like having them try to deal with it and also kind of like have to realize that maybe it's not working the way that they thought it would Mm. yeah it's just like it's very honest about all of that yeah it definitely had that kind of overarching theme of of putting a spotlight on our own insecurities and like like you said dealing with the the parts of yourself that you 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 don't like and that you kind of like want to hide away from others yeah i also thought there was something powerful in like the physical manifestations of those things and how like the two characters can see them in each other Mm. and how like they both talk about like how there are other people who can't see that and like yeah, just the what you were kind of talking about with the metaphors there is, I think, very cool. So for for winter, it was a it was a skull. Um, for Meredith, that that kind of like form, that metaphor, that was a shadow, right? 
was I following yeah. that correctly? Yeah. Seemed like yeah, it, it, there was a lot of talk about like the shadow. Yeah, it's like a shadow that of like yeah, like I guess her perceived like darkness in herself. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how she like a lot of the game kind of separates them from each other and like kind of puts them as two almost separate entities mm. to a degree, um, which is really interesting in terms of like how Meredith then like relates to the shadow and how she like feels stuff through it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was only like when I had finished playing it that it really, like I really understood that the, 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 that, the shadow was a metaphor and it was it was a part of Meredith because there are parts where I thought is this like a se- is this a separate entity like where, where is this um like what, what's going to happen with this shadow like is it like a completely separate person or like so yeah I think it was only like when I was getting like to the, the last chapter it was split into chapters wasn't it I am remembering that right yeah like acts oh yeah acts yeah um which I mean what is an act if not a chapter but yeah it's also like i i like that the game kind of lets you wonder about like how supernatural each of them actually are Mm. and like they even kind of talk about it and talk about like is it a shared delusion like does it matter and yeah i think it's really interesting to kind of yeah have that question that gets clearer as you go especially because there's one point where meredith is like saying that she can see the shadow more clearly and she's afraid that it's like this other person that she likes and so like you're like oh is this gonna be like oh what like and then you kind of come to realize like yeah it is a part of meredith that's like manifesting in this way for her yeah i think it it was really well done i think it was like well written and the pacing I I felt like it was it definitely even though I guess the 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 very like specifics and the specific intent is obviously like a little more like um, ambiguous I think that it does feel like it it hit exactly what it wanted to achieve Mm -hmm. and like the sound design I thought I thought the sound was really well placed in it I think I think without the sound I think it definitely would have been less immersive for me because mm-hmm. there, there was no voice acting, but I think that, you know, there were like musical elements and just like the, the ambient sound of it, even like when they're, um, they're chatting to each other in the park, like I, mm-hmm. it was just really, it was just a really immersive use of, of the sound is like, it, it was so really simple, but I just felt like it was so effective as you're kind of like reading through and making choices. It just felt like, like I could feel like it was cold in the park and you know when you're like sitting on a bench and you're kind of uncomfortable but like it just like I just feel like I was there yeah I totally agree it's like very it's done with a really light hand but it's done really well I also think it's cool how like a lot of the images because it's like a I don't know if it was made in twine but it's like some kind of interactive fiction in that Mm. in that vein and like the pictures you could like move your mouse over them and the camera will like kind of move across them a little bit. And so it just gives it like the weird, like yeah. it does, you don't really get to see that much more of the picture or anything, but it gives it like a little bit of motion and it, like it gives it a little bit of eeriness too, just like jiggling the picture around. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really liked it. 
Yeah, that was really trippy. Actually, <laughs> that was I didn't notice at first, and I just kind of like casually moved my mouse, and it was like, "What's going on with the page? Is this this is scary?" Because like you don't like you don't know if it's gonna be like horror or not, like like horror mm-hmm. horror. So that that's one of those things that's just like freaking you out when you don't need to be freaked out. Yeah, and it's cool because it's like because you get all like oh, and then and then the game's like you know what's actually scary your feelings <laughs> ah so true it's hitting, it's hitting you in the true place and i said you know what you're right you're mm-hmm. correct i learned something today <laughs> but yeah that that's winter uh it's very cool uh you should check it out it's also uh in the one of the queer games the queer games bundle from 2021 on itch so if you bought that you already have it and it does run in browser also. That's how I played it. And it was fine. Uh, no problems. Did you have any other thoughts on Winter before we uh, move on to our individual games? I guess just that I, I kind of wish that it was it was a little longer because it, like I still enjoyed it very much. But I, I, I ended and I was like, oh, just, just one more act would have been like, I think, perfect for me. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I like if they if there was another act, I wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like the 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 only thing that it just it felt like it ended really suddenly, and I was like, what? But yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. It didn't feel abrupt to me. I was like, okay, this is this is okay. But like, if there had been more, I definitely like I said, like I would not have been upset. I think it would have fit perfectly. Like it definitely had room for a little more of like these characters and. This world, which I know sounds weird because it's like it is set in the real world, presumably, but it's, you know, kind of funky. <laughs> uh, since you're the guest, would you like to talk about your first game? Sure. Um, yeah, so my, I guess my first game, I guess I'll go with the one that I've I've played the most is uh, The Witch's House. I don't know if you, if you know of that game, the RPG maker horror game i only know it from you telling me that you were playing it and me uh (laughs) googling it yeah okay um it's i don't know how well known it is actually i know a couple of well-known youtubers have played it um like when it first came out i think i think it came out in like 2012 ish um it's by japanese solo developer but it was translated um by a a translator who do, who does a bunch of RPG maker horror game translations, which is really cool. Um, I think VG person is the name of that translator. Uh, they do a really great job as well. Um, yeah, so it's it's like a it's a a two D like sixteen bit horror game that's like a, a top down ish perspective, like a like old school kind of RPG game perspective, um, and. The reason why I really love it is because it achieves this like really great horror atmosphere with like the tools from RPG Maker, which I think is like really like better than some like other engine games and other like bigger budget games. Considering this game was free when it when it first came out as well, have achieved, and I just think that it's like like I I, I was genuinely scared playing at the time <laughs> it's just think it like achieved it so well um yeah it's really great so um 
you you play as this young girl called uh, Viola, who's a, a silent protagonist like through the whole thing. And um, I guess the best way to kind of like explain the gameplay is just to like explain what happens right at the beginning because it it so perfectly just showcases everything that you can come to expect from the game. You like you you find yourself in um, in this in an open part of this dense forest and that all that is around you is this big rose bush that's covered in like thorns and stuff and you can't get through and then this like side path and then down the side path there's a little shiny and you find this machete which then you you learn that you can cut through this obstacle but you have to actually go into your inventory to select that to then cut through the rose bush so it's like that traditional kind of like adventure game style of you have to actually select the solution to this problem you know in some games you'll go and interact with something and it'll be like oh yeah you have this thing in your inventory like come on through it's fine like you have to actually decide what you what you want to use on the problem um yeah and the game's called the witch's house because there's this obviously big mansion Typical of a lot of horror games is like a, a haunted house esque type game, and as you're like heading up to the the house, there is this little kitty, this little black kitty, and you talk to him, and uh, soon come to realize that he can talk, which is great. Uh, but he kind of seems like he is finding the whole situation funny, which is kind of uh, seems like a red flag. But um, he's also a, the save point the game so he becomes this nice like familiar safe character that you can come to and and you know you can save every time you see the black cat which is great Um, and he encourages you to go into the house because hey you can't do anything else right now you're basically trapped here um and uh so you enter this big house there's this this girl viola and uh you the first room that you come into is this dark this small dark room and uh, there are no other windows or doors in the room. There's blood on the floor and you see this note across the room from you. So you're like, okay, I'm going to go check out this note. That's the only thing I can do in here. And as you make your way across to the note, um, the walls suddenly come in on you and uh, squish you and kill you and uh, you die. So <laughs> that's the first time that you die in the game. And it teaches you a very valuable lesson, which is you will die a lot in this game. And it teaches you nice and early. But you saved at the cats, that's fine, so you can try again. Um, and there's a lot of like uh, trial and error <laughs> in this game. It's one of those kind of games. Um, it's a lot of puzzle solving. It's almost escape room-like in that you come to an area that has various kind of environmental um, puzzles that you have to you have to explore that area and then find different solutions and stuff. But in the finding of the solutions. Um, Sometimes everything's trying to kill you, so uh, it's kind of like Limbo in that sense. I don't know if you've played Limbo, where it's like you have to do something maybe two or three times to realize how to do it without the thing killing you. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like it's super fun. Um, obviously, when you go back into that room, you walk in and you pay special attention to the blood on the floor and ignore it this time and walk around it, um, at which point you can then read the note. And uh, the note reads, come to my room and disappears and then you you go back through the door you entered 
And that's never good. And that's never good. No, it really is, especially not in this case either. But um, you enter through the, the door that you came through. And instead of being back outside, you are in a different room in the house. So the house has changed, um, which teaches you another great lesson that notes are handy. So read the notes. And sometimes things that were locked will unlock as you solve puzzles. So like the first five minutes of this game basically teach you everything that you have to know about the whole game, which I think is is, is really great. And this kind of like contained area, which is, is super, super awesome. Um, yeah, the story is really, really great. Um, I like so good that there's like, I think the developer wrote a book and like there were fans that absolutely love the lore. For this game there are multiple endings to the game as well there's the the good ending the true ending and the secret ending um the true ending is actually very very sad like devastatingly sad <laughs> um it's, it's definitely worth it uh but yeah the, the game's just it's it's um like i said it it creates this really great horror atmosphere with like rpg maker um and like tools and there, there are like hauntings and things like creepy things happen little tiny like pixel art objects move and you're like freaking out and crying like you don't you don't want to you don't want to walk into that room um there are lots of like uh chase sequences in the game and I, my only my only um my only issue with i think the whole game is probably that there are maybe too many chase sequences the the first few are very effective the first one in particular is very scary. <laughs> um, but I think after like the fourth or fifth fifth one, it starts to lose its um its edge. Uh but there is a final chase sequence at the very end of the game, which is um very terrifying. Like probably the scariest thing in the game, I, I think, uh, where this thing with, without spoiling it, because I know it came out like 10 years ago, but I really think people should play it because it's just such a great game. Um, chases you basically through this whole house and it's really, really scary. And it's, it's a super effective um, chase sequence. The the sound design in the whole game is just fantastic as well. It's um, the music, the menu music is like really soothing um, and has some soothing moments. Like even though it's in this big house, it's, because it's a witch's house, it's very... Um, there are lots of varied environments in there. So there's like a garden inside and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, it has it has lots of different kind of environments and vibes. It's a game where you have to make a lot of choices and every choice is cruel. Oh. <laughs> Basically, uh, you can't progress without without making cruel choices. And, and it speaks to the, the overall narrative of, of the game. Um, there's a huge twist, which is why I don't want to give too much away about the, the narrative, but it's, it's really great. And I really, I really recommend playing it, but one, like one example of one of the choices that you have to make is, um, you meet this little frog on the way, on the way through the house. And, um, there's this like really, really thin walkway that you can't possibly walk over to pull this lever, but the, the little froggy helps you. And then you, you, you carry it around with you in, in your inventory and it has this cute little like love heart above its head when you say you like frogs and it's so nice and it helps you with a couple more puzzle rooms and then you get to this door and it's like there's something big and slithering on the other side of this door do you want to open the door 
And you're like, hell no, I don't want to open the door. And then um, obviously you're looking through your inventory. What can I use? What can I use? Like, There's a slot in the door. Do you want to put the door, the, the frog through the, the slot in the door? And it's like, I mean, I don't want to, but <laughs> I've exhausted all the rest of my options. So what am I going to, what else am I going to do? And then it's like, it asks you, do you want to put the frog through the slot? And you say yes. And it's like, the frog doesn't want to go. <laughs> like it actually says, the frog doesn't want to go. <laughs> and then it's like, force the frog through the slot. And they're like, I don't want to, but I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, froggy. This is the only way I'm going to be able to push forwards. So you do. And then, you know, inevitable things happen. And um, yeah, that's just one of the few examples of some of the the cruel choices that you have to make through this game. Uh, but yeah, it's super, it's super fun, actually. Um, there are lots of like cool puzzles in the game, but it's, it's like enjoyable, but it's, um, it definitely has like a tense and scary atmosphere. Uh, so I, I super recommend it. I really love this game, which is why I just like kind of rambled on. <laughs> but I didn't know how long just now. No, that's it. That's why we like this show. We get to just, chill and be nerds about fun little games (laughs) it's one of those games where it does have law like a a deep law but you you get it through like reading diary entries of the witch through the house which isn't um like it's optional you don't have to do that so it's kind of like it's as law heavy as you want it to be which i i like i think that's good yeah i normally like when things kind of beat you over the head with lore um (laughs) but I know that I am in the minority of that. My first game is actually also about being in a witch's house. Ooh. So there was some there was some synchronicity here. Um my game is called Symbiosis. Um or Symbiosis, however you want to say it. I'm not your dad. <laughs> and it's in it was in this year's Queer Games bundle. It is by Poochie. And then they have several co-writers and uh, other folks who helped out. Um, But it's uh, Poochie on Itch. And basically it takes the idea of like a stereotypical witch's house that's like in the woods. And it gives it kind of like both a futuristic and a horror tilt. And so it's like an RPG maker game where you play as the witch who lives in this scary house and you're trying to hunt down the people who have broken in. Um, and you also, while doing that are trying to like, make sure that your young son does not realize that there are intruders in your house. Okay. Yeah. And so as you go, you're like, you know, hunting people. Um, and then you're also like talking to your kid and like you're trying to time things so that you know like you're hiding bodies when he's not in a hallway so he doesn't see you (laughs) um and like the ending that you get depends on like whether or not your kid sees the bodies and like sees you kill somebody and yeah and then there's like an interesting like background story about like this witch's past and like the kid and stuff like that um and so yeah it's cool i liked it 
it's a pretty short play. Um, it's also nice because the, uh, what's it called? The developers have like a pretty comprehensive walkthrough on their itch page for it too. Like if you do oh, get nice. stuck on anything. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good. I highly recommend it. I always love uh, walkthroughs for games with multiple endings because they, they can be tricky. Once you get one, you want to get all of them. Yeah, there's only two endings, I believe, for this one, which is nice. Um, but yeah, the 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 more the more ins and outs, the more I'm like, please, please, a guide. <laughs> is it like um? It sounds like a a reverse horror game type of thing. Well, if like you're hunting people, or is it more like traditional horror because the intruders are more of a like they're they're like a decent threat. Both. <laughs> cool i think i think it's like yeah it's like it's hard to tell like as you're going you're kind of trying to see who is more of a threat and like mm. i would say arguably it's more apparent that the witch is like scary because she has like a murder basement but <laughs> like the people are also like scurrying around and being weird and you're like are they gonna do anything to the kid like mm. You know, it's a lot of, like, not knowing what all is going on until you, like, you know, get through it. Is it one of those things where, you like, you don't know who you should be rooting for? Yeah, yeah, because it's pretty apparent, like, like, Magnolia is a witch who lives in a scary house <laughs> and, like, has a murder basement. So you're like, well, this doesn't seem great. She doesn't seem like a great lady off the bat, but, like... <laughs> who are these weirdos who are trying to get into her house? Like, yeah. So you're just like, I don't know. It all seems very strange. And it is. I guess when you throw a kid into the, the mix, you start to see like, like if you see her trying to be a, a parent in that way, it adds that kind of human element that, that adds the empathy. <laughs> to yeah. Like the game is, the game is cool because it has like, it's very much about like the kid and like her partner, who is gone and like it's very much about like how bad people can still be human in a lot of ways mm. yeah and so it's yeah it's it, it is complicated it's very much like i don't know if i should be cheering for this lady but she is the like protagonist yeah you gotta do what you gotta do I guess. yeah <laughs> pretty much the game <laughs> yeah um it's weird that you said like it, it kind of makes you root for her because I do you know the game um, Dante's Inferno? Yes. In that in that game, I find it really difficult to root for him because, <laughs> like, he's like he's like this guy who has been like crusading and stuff, and feel like all of his sins have been absolved because he's been told as much. So, like, it's fine that he's been murdering folk and like being unfaithful and that kind of thing and then he's like oh dang when that's not true and you're supposed to just be like oh yeah this will help you i'll help you through this hard time in your life <laughs> and uh yeah it's, it's hard to it's hard to empathize with uh, a character like that yeah i i would say but it sounds like in this game it's easier i would say you know how everybody loves the war criminals in the new um fire emblem I would say that Magnolia is in that category. Mm. Like, I like her, 
I think she has done some like atrocities. <laughs> yeah, it's. I guess it's like. I don't know. I was gonna say it's a re- like a redemption story, but I. I mean, because like she's trying to save her son, right? So, kind of a redemptiony type thing, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for a hook that's not there. Yeah, I don't. It's I. It's hard. I'm like I don't know if the. I like the game is small enough to where like these questions can all be there and like there's not necessarily an answer so much but like you do get as you like walk around the house you can find like journals from the kid whose name is Mint which becomes important at the end um and then like you get different glimpses of like Magnolia's research and stuff and like who she was before she lived in the house um, and so I think it paints a a full picture of who this woman is, who I think is probably not a very good person, um, but who loves her son in the current moment. Mm-hmm. I want to play it. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna check it out. Sounds I I love a good RPG maker game as well. <laughs> I think I'm gonna yeah. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's cute. Um, I will say for everybody who plays it, there is like, there's a door into the kitchen that doesn't look like a door, just so you know. Um, cause I, I had to look at the walkthrough and like really stare at it and be like, oh, that's a door. Okay. Got it. Cool. So yeah, just if you're looking for the storage room. And it's supposed to look like a door? I think so. And it could just be that I... I could be the fool, honestly, but to me, like navigating the house, I had a really hard time finding this specific door. Hmm. I'm imagining like um, when I when I played Pokemon for the first time when I was like eight or something, um, I got stuck in the in the first house, like in your house, because I I didn't know that if you walk towards like the edge of the like towards the map like the welcome mat or whatever it is, that's the door. So I was just walking around like, how do I get out of this room? It was very much like that, honestly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's that's Symbiosis. Um, what is your next game, Alice? Uh, my next game is uh, Anatomy by Kitty Horror Show. And I think that you you mentioned that you also, also played this one. Mm-hmm. So it's a first-person psychological horror game uh it's on itch and it's basically it's a pretty simple premise but again i think it's it's really effective in it's like horror <laughs> delivery um you're basically finding tapes around this like darkly lit or not lit at all a suburban home and um the game itself has like a VHS camera effect, so it kind of feels like you're watching footage as you play the game, sort of. Um, and yeah, it's in this like suburban home, and uh, it's quite a big space, but the rooms are really sparse. But there's like a there's a tape player on the kitchen table, and I think in other rooms of the house as well that you uh, you come back to often. So you basically will. I think the first tape you find is, is next to the, the tape player in the kitchen table, I think. So you, you put the tape in and then you hear this like monologue that is, um, I think it might, it sounds like it's like from a, from a lecture or something. It's um, likening the house to the human body 
and talking about why houses and homes are so important to humans and maybe it's because we we see a reflection of ourselves in the the like structure of houses and how like the the living room can be seen as the the beating heart of the the home and and how the the kitchen is like the the stomach of the home and the bedroom is like the mind because it's where you dream and you you have epiphanies and that kind of thing and the stairs are the spine and 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 that kind of thing um but as you find uh as you put a tape in it, t- it talks about one one or two rooms and then once the the tape ends you'll get this like kind of objective come up on the screen that says like there's a tape in the kitchen or there's a tape in the living room so you go and you find the next tape um the house is i think all of the rooms are like locked off to you until they unlock when you get this instruction so um i think the the the, the atmosphere is pretty silent when you when you first start the game but like as you progress through the game it kind of like this sense of like dread starts to build um and it's really great because it kind of like feeds on our own sort of like anxiety and and like convincing ourselves that something is going to happen and our, our anticipation and that kind of thing it's like one good example is how one of the tapes starts talking about how the the basement is somewhere that we seldom ever want to go it's dark and it's this like place that we see is dark and dangerous and it talks about like how we've come to fear the basement and then the the objective is like there's a tape in the basement <laughs> and you're like I don't want to go down into that basement you just you just like completely convinced me that I don't ever want to go down into that basement um but obviously that's what you you need to do next so it's sort of like making you dread finding the next tape by like how it's describing that that room and as you're going down into the basement it's like really 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 dark down there and you're almost like clinging on to the edges of the at least I was clinging on to the edges of the the room because I didn't want to I was worried about what would happen down there. Like I don't, I don't know about you. Like I don't know how you felt when you were first doing that. that no, I was. Yeah, that. no, I don't like. Like I mean, I'm currently in a basement, but it's like a finished one. But like, <laughs> basements are generally very scary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We had a particular, and the game like, knows that we have been conditioned to feel that way. The oh, game absolutely. is like, yeah, yeah. The basement is scary, isn't it, bitch? And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's really good on, on playing on just the fear of the unknown and our anticipation and how we how we build up this idea so much that it comes to just be like this feeling of dread. Um, and it's really good at doing that, that, that through its first kind of like, I guess I'll say run, run through, um, because as you start to like collect these tapes and then once you've gotten quite a few, the game kind of just ends or rather... Um, the application like closes down completely and you're just like back on your desktop but when you boot it back up again things are different so you go through the same getting of the tapes but everything is like some things are like glitched out and like the sound design is different and even when you put when you find the tape and you play the tape 
it has this like distortion over it and since you've been playing this game it's been kind of like mostly sort of silent the addition of these really unsettling sounds are just like they they freak me the fuck out i was like i don't like i think sound design really gets me which is why i love like silent hill games but it's like just the distortion literally well, that's all it was distortion over this like reading monologue on the tape was really getting me and I think like I think it also closes down a third time at which point everything gets like really messed up like really surreal like you're walking around and the things floating in the air and I think you go up into a bedroom and there's like what looks like some kind of like flesh or muscles and stuff over the walls and you walk you you play a tape in the bedroom and the first time you heard it it was like a kid saying I think the Lord's Prayer or something and now this time it's just this distorted screaming just like playing over and over and over again and it's like it's so horrific and yet still there's nothing like there's no specific threat it's just like this build-up of like dread and anticipation that kind of just seems to go on and doesn't stop and I, it's just so effective I think it's I think it's really great yeah I did you um did you get through like the the loops because I don't like I think I I checked to see what was going on when I when it closed down so I, I don't know if like people play it multiple times to to see these loops or if they just play it once and then that's it or I did restart it once but it gets scarier as you go and I it was does. a little scared so I did not get through like once we got into like the just ambient screaming part I was kind of like you know <laughs> I'm gonna come back to this I haven't because I'm a coward but you know <laughs> it takes a lot it takes it takes a lot to do it it's it's hard I think there's actually a fourth one but I I haven't done it um I don't know what happens I'm too afraid to find out but <laughs> It's scary. Kitty Horror Show is scary. They do scary, scary (laughs) things. And I don't even know how to explain it because you're right. It's usually not just like a direct, like, it's not like, you know, like an outlast man is coming to get you. It's just like, (laughs) it's just like the whole environment is just like feels hostile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I have this memory of, um, I think, like the... It feels like the house is like kind of like alive almost. It's like, it's almost like it's kind of like ingesting you or something. Like, especially on the, like mm-hmm. the, the second and third kind of like thing. I, th- I think when you come back and listen to the tapes, it's like, it's almost like it's the house talking at some mm-hmm. point rather than the, the actual like, um, what are they called? Like the, the, the monologues so talking about how the house is like the body. Yeah, it goes from, like, talking about the house, like, as a body to, like, the house, like, becomes a body. Mm. And I don't want to know, I don't want to know how it ends. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I get it. I get it. I'm good. (laughs) I'm scared. You won. I know, pal. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) I'm sure whatever the ending is, I'm sure it's great. I don't want to (laughs) know. I mean, that's a good horror game, though, right? 
Yeah. That's the thing about horror games specifically. Like, I love horror, but, like, games are so hard for me to finish unless they're very small just because Mm -hmm. of how, like, it's so much harder to, like, make yourself do the things. Yeah, I guess that that's just harder with horror because, like, <laughs> they they don't have to make it more difficult for you to to want to do the thing. I guess you have to like really like feeling that way. <laughs> it's almost like yeah. not, like it's almost like I don't know, like you're tormenting yourself or something. But it's a fun mm-hmm. thing to like chat about and laugh about later. Yeah, it's usually I like playing horror games usually with someone because then it's like then you have someone else to be like, mm. okay, we're gonna do the scary thing. Mm-hmm. I think like streaming, how like if you're by yourself but you're streaming, that kind of also makes you kind of pushes you to keep to keep doing the thing to like follow mm-hmm. the creepy ghost down the corridor or whatever. Yeah, but. Kitty Horror Show is is not a developer I can handle by myself. <laughs> and I admit it. I want to I want to challenge you. And you can you can totally say no. But as like a Halloween challenge, I think you should finish Anatomy to through like its entirety. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can do it with somebody else as well, but like yeah. this is like a like if you want if you mm. want a Halloween challenge, that's a that's a good one. I think. Maybe I'll stream it to the Uppercut Discord and be like, all right, you bitches have to get in here with me. Watch me <laughs> do right. this. I'll be there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I might have to. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about, about this. <laughs> I got to re-download it. It's been a, it's been a hot second. Mm-hmm. I like first played it when I was like first getting into like games journalism and stuff because like a lot of people were like oh my god kitty horror show stuff is so good and i was like Mm. it is and it's also very scary (laughs) (laughs) going to something that's creepy but not quite as scary my next game is beacon pines which is new new this year it came out in september and it is from hiding spot games and it was published by fellow traveler um and it's like it's kind of hard to describe but it's like an it's like a an adventure game but instead of you know like how in in a normal or, or standard adventure games you have like you know you pick up something and you can like use it in the environment or whatever to advance the story mm. um in Beacon Pines, the whole setting is a book. And so instead of getting items, you get words. Mm. And so then at different points throughout the story, there's like branches, basically. And depending on what word you put into the blank, you'll see like a different part of the story. Um, and so sometimes you'll have to go through like a whole bra- side branch of the story to get a new word to like advance through to like a different main path of the story. Mm. And it's just really like neat because you get, you get a lot of like the time hopping of like, I don't know, like an AI Somnium files or whatever, but it feels a little bit more satisfying because the whole concept is like a book and a narrator. And like, so like you, the player are like trying to work with the narrator to find the ending of this book. And so, like, when you hit a dead end or whatever, or when you jump to a different storyline, it's just 
a different way of writing the story, basically. Um, oh, cool. On the way of, like, trying to find the actual ultimate ending of the story. Mm. And it's just very cool. And also, like, the art is great. It's very reminiscent of, like, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't even know what it looks like. It's just very cartoony and very autumn-y. It's anthropomorphic animals it's like the main character's name is luca he's like a little white deer and then there's like i think the other two side characters are both cats but yeah they're just like little animal people in this town that's you know got like a dark secret (laughs) and yeah it's just it's really really cool mechanically also, it has a lot of really fun animations. Like, I posted one on Twitter of, like, there's, like, Lucas sits in a chair and then, like, slides out of it, like, the exact way, like, a 10-year-old kid would. <laughs> and it's just, it's very good. That's and yeah, cool. I, yeah, it's, it's very much, like, like, horror in the way that, like, Stranger Things is horror. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. it's, like, kids being, like, oh, man, adults are doing fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah. It's a super cool premise. Like I wanted to check it out for a while because I'm really interested to see how how that works with the with like collecting the words and building the, the stories because it just looks really cool. Yeah, I like it. It feels very much like the adventure game thing, but like what if you were doing it with a book? <laughs> that art style to me, because I I've seen it, it makes me think of like, you know, you see like lo-fi chill hop YouTube videos. Like, mm-hmm. like chill hot autumn twenty twenty kind of like, and then it's just yeah. like a raccoon, like drinking some coffee in like a student dorm room or something. <laughs> like, is that kind of like yeah, like wearing nostalgia. a sweater? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very that. Um, it's also like extremely like I saw Reb Valentine posted um a piece about it on ign i think last month but like it is just like extremely a fall game like extremely an autumn game if you were like from a place where autumn is like you know it gets cold and leaves fall and stuff i I love it already like (laughs) it sounds really cool (laughs) Uh, yeah it's my favorite season and um i mean to be honest you had me sold at like two cats but I think also the gameplay sounds pretty awesome too. I could be wrong, and the best friend Rollo could maybe be a fox, but I think he's a cat because his face looks like a cat to me. I mean, they're both adorable. I'm I wouldn't be mad if it was a fox. Yeah, the scaling. I will say the scaling of the animals comparatively to each other is weird, mm-hmm. but they're cute, so it's fine. Scaling like. Uh... Like, you wouldn't expect a cat Like, to there's do. a character who's a gerbil next to a character who's a rhinoceros, and the the size disparity is not what it should be. <laughs> I mean, that would be hard. Like, I guess it would have a different vibe, like a different visual vibe. Yeah. Like, or I'm like, imagining, like, a Night in the Woods or something. Yeah, it's very that. It's like, it doesn't... Like, Night in the Woods has the, like, like construction paper look to it, kind of, almost, and Beacon Pines doesn't look like that, but it does have that vibe of, like, kids in a town getting up to mischief and, like, there's stuff that's fucked up going on. Mm. No, it sounds really it sounds really cool. Uh, it's been on my list for a while, actually. So when you say, like, the horror comes from, like, 
the stranger like 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 strange things you mean like it's like it has like a mystery vibe to it it has yeah it has a mystery and it has like it's very much following that night in the woods or stranger things kind of template of like the adults or some of the adults in the town are doing something bad but are they slash who can you like trust like are the kids you know imagining things are they overhyping stuff like what what is going on what is the reality and um then also like once they do kind of realize like yeah uh like there is actually something going on then it becomes like okay well which adults can you trust and like how do you fix like the thing that's happening Mm. and yeah so it's very it's less like scary scary and more like suspenseful and then kind of like yeah just like kind of like horror in the way that those other two are of like more the vibe than the uh actual like scary scary yeah it sounds like my jam if i'm honest i think i'm i'm definitely gonna check it out i'll probably i'll add it to my list of because i can that counts as like a a horror game for a for an october challenge right I think so. They like on the website they say that it's like they describe it as being like creepy, cute and creepy. Mm-hmm. So I think that got counts. <laughs> My two favorite things. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass too. So Oh really? Oh nice. Okay. It's great. Yeah, so if, if you or anybody listening has Game Pass. I bought it on Switch because I'm a Switch bitch, but I believe mm-hmm. it is on Game Pass. Uh, what is your third game, Alice? It's a good segue because I almost bought this on Switch, actually, but I ended up buying it on Steam <laughs> instead. It's Yuppie Psycho, which is a pixel art horror adventure game with like some survival horror elements. It's by uh, Brock Decay, and uh, they made another game that I, I really like, and I actually was going to... I was going to use that game for today called The Count Lucanor, but I played Yuppie Psycho and I, I like it better. <laughs> like I think it's, it does, um, it does like everything that The Count Lucanor does, but just more to my kind of like enjoyment. I think it, it improved upon that formula because they're really similar games in terms of like gameplay and they even share some like assets and audio stuff. So there's some very familiar elements in Yuppie Psycho if you've played. The Count Lucano. Um, I'd say it's like equal parts horror and also like satire, like workplace satire. I think they they describe it as like first job survival horror game or something. It's like <laughs> it's 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 really funny. It's like it's like silly, bordering on like absurd comedy moments, but it also is like some really solid horror sequences in it as well um you play as uh brian pasternak and it's uh his first day at one of the world's biggest most prestigious companies called centricorp and um basically he's been invited there to like for a new job and when he gets there he finds out that his job is to find and kill a witch who has infiltrated the company and is like slowly corrupting it and decaying it and stuff from the inside 
but he's just a normal dude. He's just he's just there for his first job, and he's like, "What? <laughs> I'm not a witch hunter." And yeah, it's really great. Uh, it's in this big like corporate building, and there's like an there's an elevator that runs from like ground level up to like the tenth floor, I want to say, and it's pretty like open exploration. Like once you get past the the first kind of like couple of levels you can you can freely explore the other like every floor in any order that you want um but obviously like there are some like gameplay mechanics that you haven't unlocked right away so you can't get to certain places but you can like you can you can explore as much as you can like in those in those areas uh yeah it's super it's super funny like all the characters in it are really well, not all the characters, but some of the characters are really likable in it. Um, so, like, when bad things happen to them, I think it really gets you because you built that empathy with that likable character, um, which I think makes good horror, like, makes good horror and dread because you, you don't want anything bad to happen to them. And then when you think that something bad is happening to them, you're like, shit, I've got to stop this immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's 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 horror elements are really good. The the audio is really great. Um there are some like elements like you'll be you'll, you'll be sent to a floor or to a, a specific office room or something and you'll get there and it's like the lights are all off and you have to like find the light switch and then you turn the light switch on and it's just some like absurd absurd horrific thing is happening in there. And like everyone in the building's like, "Oh no, it's fine. Don't worry about it." Like they're either like They've been transformed into like brain dead, almost zombie-like workers, or they're just like, no, it's don't worry about it, it's cool. And like, <laughs> it's really funny because there are a lot of like metaphors for corporate life in it. Like, there's a scene where someone asks you to take a survey um, of like like work life, and they're but they're asking you questions like, how would you rate the cleanliness of the the bathrooms and the 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 quality of the appliances in the canteen it's like people are literally being killed and transformed <laughs> into like monsters and you're like asking me these questions um and there's also like the in the in the story this guy's like he's trying to find the witch and he's he's um trying to like convince people that like things are bad and stuff but there's lots of there's lots of like gaslighting and manipulation by some of the characters and it has lots of like weird subtle and like nuanced but like echoes of some like elements of of corporate life and even in the um the boss design of the enemies because even though brian can't fight back he has to like trick them or hide or run from them um there are pretty dangerous boss enemies and the boss design is great as well um there'll be some like weird metaphor for like some element of of corporate life like there's one that's just like a big mouth on the wall, <laughs> like a big pair of like lips on the wall. And everyone's like, oh, I just want to be wanted and desired by this mouth. And like, they're all like writing up loads of resumes and stuff. Like, it has to be the perfect resume. Like, I want them to like devour me. And it's really, it's really weird. <laughs> but um, it's like, it's really surreal. And um, it has a lot of secrets. It's one of those games that has multiple endings and lots of secrets. Um, Lots of collectibles. You can collect these creepy VHS tapes um, that are actually like actual footage that like the developers have filmed. It's not the 
cartoon art styles, like actual people in these like art house horror shorts, <laughs> like they're like 10 seconds long, which is super creepy, but it's, uh, so it has really, really creepy vibes, but it's also really fun. And I found it to be consistently exciting. It's about like eight hours-ish. And I'm, I haven't been bored once. It's just like, it keeps up this really great pacing. And I think the level of freedom that you have, even though you have like these overarching objectives is great. Like depending on the order in which you complete some of the events or whether you even do some of them or not, it can like significantly change the events in the last half of the game. Like you could be playing a different game, <laughs> like a totally different like path halfway through depending on like the order you chose to do things so yeah it's it's really it's really cool and uh, I definitely think it's worth like everybody's time even if you don't think that you'll be into like a more cartoony style it's like legit solid horror adventure experience yeah I had heard of this game but I didn't realize that it was like a horror game and that makes me like a lot more interested in it it's like um it's not like uh it's not like anatomy where you're filled with so much dread that you're like, I don't know if I wanna keep doing the thing. It's like it's it is horror. Like there are moments where you're like well there'll be like almost like you know, like um if you've seen the grudge, you'll be in like a dark <laughs> dark room and you just hear that kind of noise happening and you're like, I have to walk towards that sound and I don't want to. But it's definitely playable. Like if you don't if you don't normally play horror games. I think you could still enjoy it um, because just because of how the lighthearted parts of it balance it out. So it's not like something like Anatomy or like Outlast or or like Resident Evil Evil Seven when you're like just on edge all the time. It's like it has the the pacing is so good that it it kind of pulls you out of that those moments. So I think it's um, enjoyable for almost everybody. I'd say my only gripe is that. The saving system can sometimes be a little annoying because there are no checkpoints uh, and you have to save when you come to like um, copy machines, but you need to have a specific resource with you. Like in the original original Resident Evil, you need to um, use a typewriter and ink ribbons. It's like that kind of saving system, but the game is quite challenging. So uh, not being able to save frequently can sometimes be frustrating. But I think it's it's well balanced enough that it's not like you want to put the game down. So. Yeah, I want to try it. It seems neat. It's super fun. It, it really is fun. Um, it's so unique. Like the story, it has so many strong points. The story is great. I think the, the gameplay is really fun. The puzzles are interesting. The characters are great. Um, it has like... Even all the secrets and stuff they throw, and there's so much like extra thought that they put into it. When I first started it, I noticed when I was loading my game that there's this save file from 1972, and I was like, "What?" And I opened it up, and you're just in this like black screen, and you just hear this like eerie moaning, <laughs> which is pretty scary. Um, That's like some what is Ben drowned shit. I don't like that. <laughs> It's really, it's really weird, um, and I was too afraid to keep playing it. Like that's particular safer. So I watched a video of somebody else doing it, and you have to walk around this very specific path. Obviously, you can't see for like about a minute or a couple of minutes, 
And going one way, you find this area that gives you a little more info on like, um, or insight into some of the law. And then this other side is just this room where there's this like uh, pram, like a baby's, a baby carriage. And like, mm-hmm. as you start to approach it, it just rushes you. And then it takes you back to the menu screen. And it's so scary. I was just watching and not even playing it. And it was like, it's meant to be scary though. It's meant to be like, you poke the bear, here's your jump scare kind of like. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of fun now. I love things like that. I love like secret things where you're like, should I be, should I be looking into this? Like, I don't know. It's kind of like meta that it's like a save, an extra save file. I also like that it's just like, it doesn't seem like it's adding a lot of like extra like fluff on top. It's just like, oh, you want to be scared? All right, here you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're really, they're really great. Um, development team uh, the count luke and also so an excellent game as well so i think if you play or have played yuppie psycho and you enjoyed it you should definitely check out the count luke and vice versa because they are they're really similar uh in terms of like feel like they use the same kind of like sound effects and ui and stuff and like i don't like i don't think they share a universe <laughs> that i can see but like it, they, they're very very similar yeah, I'm. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy this game uh, after this podcast. Yes, do it. <laughs> See, that's always the thing with this with this podcast is we come in here and we're like, oh, we're talking about games, and then I end up buying a bunch more games, and then the cycle continues forever. <laughs> um, my next game is kind of cheating because it's actually twelve games. <laughs> Just kind of cheating. It's fine. It's only a little cheating, um, because it's the Dread X Collection Mm. number five, um, which, if you're not familiar, uh, Dread XP does these, like, little bun- they're- I say little, but I mean, they are, like, 12 games, um- they're usually, yeah, like, it's- it's a collection, um, this is obviously the fifth one- um, of just like yeah horror games that kind of fit into a theme for each uh collection mm. uh they're all just like yeah like short little indie horror games um and so the theme for the fifth one is like party technically or like um entertainment horror uh, so any amusement or joyride that takes a sick turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's like, it's like theaters, carnivals, video games, parties, things that are fun mm-hmm. are what this is about. So like, I have not played all of the games in this because there are 12 of them, even though I'm not, they're short, they're all pretty short games, but still. Um, so Outpost 3000 is the first one in it, and it is about, like, so Outpost 3000 is, like, an alien-themed Chuck E. Cheese kind of place. Okay. And so, like, it's in, like, this little small town, and so, like, every kid wants to have their birthday party there. Mm. And so you go to the, the, the party venue, and... There's a monster. And you know, it's you're you're being you're being hunted in the uh in the alien themed Chuck E. Cheese venue. 
by a creature called the Strangle Maw. Um, oh, because yeah, that yeah, that's you... the... yeah. So you know, <laughs> chill vibes. So yeah, so that's like kind of that's a little bit of a, of a temperature check of what what's going on. <laughs> um, and then there's another one called um, Corral, I think. It's K-A-R-A-O. Um, and it's like you're in a karaoke bar like really late at night. Mm. And you have to go to the bathroom. So you like ask the bartender where the restroom is. And they like point you to the back hallways of this karaoke bar to find like another bathroom. Because I guess the main one like doesn't work or something. Um, and you take a wrong turn in this dark, scary hallway and you find yourself in like underground subway tunnels. Um, and there's like singing in the tunnels and you're like, so you're just kind of following this singing as you walk around in this tunnel. Um, and you eventually like find an old abandoned subway station and you're like, oh, cool. Maybe I can get out through here. But it's weird, and, like, all of the signs are in a language that you don't speak, and the doors are welded shut, um, and maybe following the voice was a bad idea. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen somebody play Kado. I I'm pretty sure I have. It sounds super familiar. And everyone in the bar is, like, acting weird, right? Yeah, it's... It's just, it's very much just like, spooky, spooky. Which, I mean, it's, you know, it's a really short game. So they're all short games. So they all kind of just immediately have to be like, we're scary. Because they just, yeah, they don't really have the time to not. But it's, I feel like Cardao is like kind of. I mean, like, you kind of know where it's going, I feel like, to some degree. Like, mm-hmm. when you're following a scary voice in a tunnel, like, you know it's going to be a scary <laughs> voice in a tunnel. Um, but it's, like, if you like that, though, like, it's good. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, it sounds like they're playing on that trope to, like, pull you pull you in. Yeah, it's very good, like, oh, you made bad decisions in a horror thing. Like... <laughs> here we go what did you expect yeah it's very much that um and it does a good job um i also the other one that i played in this is we never left um Mm -hmm. which is by connor rush of fire games and so you're it's set in 1983 and you're sitting at home alone on a dork dork no a dark and stormy night until your phone rings um and uh, your your landline phone um and you hear like a stranger on the other line or on the other end of the line who um tells you that your cousin who's like a recluse game developer has gone missing mm. um and all they found in his like home was a note that says finish the game in all caps with like and then like your contact information okay yeah so weird and so then it's like it's a little like you know kind of 
I don't know if it's necessarily like mental health stigmatizing, but it does get into the whole like, look at what a sick mind can create. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's like, yeah, it's very much like, like the, the, the PR copy is like uncover the twisted secrets of a disturbed mind, but it's, it's still like, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm a largely desensitized to that kind of thing in horror at this point. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like it's pixelated, but it's in first person still. And then it's also like a text adventure because it's very, very much like late 70s and early 80s games Mm -hmm. and horror. So it very much does feel like after having just spent the weekend watching 80s horror movies, I'm like, yeah, no, this is (laughs) this is that it's very much that. And yeah, so you you have to try to finish the game. How how do you do that? Just through like. Who could say? (laughs) It's just, yeah, you have to like go through all of the different like sections and like sometimes it's a text adventure and then like sometimes you're walking around through like different environments um, and like trying to solve, you know, adventure game puzzles or like Mm. get more, like figure out what the fuck this, your cousin was doing so you can like advance. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And it's, I like the combination of like the text adventure and the first person. It's like a neat mm. combo. If you like that, have you played uh, The House Abandoned? No, I have not. It's in the story. It's one of it's the first chapter of Stories Untold by No Code. Um, it's like it's an eighty. Is set in the eighties? Or it's it's like a it's a text adventure horror game. But you're like it's first person. You're sat at a computer. And you're playing a text adventure horror game, so it's very immersive. Like, and then it gets really meta, and it's. Uh, but you you probably like it if if you like that kind of uh, that kind of vibe. I think. Yeah, that sounds cool. It's very good. I almost included it in my games today, but I didn't. <laughs> that one sounds weird, though. Like, it sounds like it's, it's a mishmash of other game of like lots of games in one. it's like it's very much like trying to be a mood piece both in the like the horror that it's trying to like elicit and reference and also the like style of game that it is um and like the way it looks like all of it is very much trying to like pull you to a specific era Mm. and they like they go they go all out on it um, there's also, uh, if, if you like, if you liked the film Midsummer, um, there is a game in this collection called Hunsvati, uh, that is about, uh, celebrating the Midsummer Festival in Finland in 1888. Oh, okay. I'm yet to see Midsummer, but I've heard good things. Yeah, it's, um, this is not necessarily that but like it's it's doing uh european folk horror mm-hmm. ooky spooky stuff so if you <laughs> like that um and then yeah there's a lot there's a lot of games like the mortuary assistant just came out and there's like a game by one of the people who or by the same like developers behind that there's like a little game from them there's there's a ton in here, and like mm-hmm. some of them I have not even started yet. 
but yeah, so it's like it's cool. You get a lot of you get a lot of horror uh in this one bundle. <laughs> you say there were twelve games? Yeah. That's good, yeah. Yeah, 12, 12 games. Uh and yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of cool stuff. And like I like that they do them kind of like themed around an idea or something. Um because mm. then the games like they don't necessarily relate to each other, but you like kind of see the through line and it's fun. Mm. So the like entertainment party type theme with the game that's like folklore is that because it's like a celebration? Yeah, it's like a festival. Like is that the angle for that? Yeah, yeah. And then you you do like a you do like a ritual and mm. stuff. <laughs> Scary stuff. Um, but yeah, there's like, there's one about like going to a daycare and like scary stuff happening with the toys. There's like the Chuck E. Cheese one. Mm. There's a couple of different, um, ones about like video games or board games. There's a puppet show one because of course there is. That sounds particularly frightening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so there Yeah, so if you if you if any of that sounds fun, Dreadx Collection 5. Uh there's also, you know, four other collections. So, if you want a different theme, you can also check that out. Wait, puppet show like the Muppets or like um like marionette type? Um I I haven't played that one, but I think either like marionettes or like Punch and Judy type vibes. Oh, okay. Right. I was just trying to get a good image in my head for what's going to probably be the subject of my nightmare tonight. Yeah. I think like more like live puppet show and less like Jim Henson craftsmanship. Yeah. That's much, that's much scarier. Um, but yeah, so, so that's our, that's our, our first ooky spooky playlist for the month. Um, Alice, where can people find you and the stuff that you do? Me? Uh, I guess the best place, because it's got a, some other links and stuff, is probably on Twitter. That's at Alice L. Winter. It's got like, that's where I usually am. I spend probably too much time on Twitter. Uh, it's got my like website link and stuff on there. There's actually a horror game list, like a horror game playlist on, um, my website with like a bunch of cool stuff to check out if if that's your jam. So yeah. Nice. Uh and you can find me on Twitter at Awothkeeper. Uh and any mixtape is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at Uppercut Crit. And uh, if you like what we do, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash uppercutcrit. And if you pledge at the $7 or higher tiers, you can get your name read at the end of the podcast, just like these folks. So huge shout outs and thanks as always to our producers who are Thomas Lewis, Chris Lawrence, Pixel Turkey, Justin Drew, Third Avenue Anti-Capitalist, TBS Kien, uh, Felix, Matt Burr, Jordan Ramey, Dale, Chris Edgerton, Jesse Vitelli, Adept7777, 
Optional Objectives, Kenneth Shepard, Lucas Lyon, Eliza Tantivy, Adrian A. Rock Williams, Matthew Flowers, Andrew Sherman, Colton Crow, Jesse Peterson, O.A. Kayla, Jared Shu, Cam Koenig, Quentin Hoffman, and Mikey Phillips. And yeah, that's going to do it for this session of Indie Mixtape. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>